This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Good old dog. These are three very, very special words to the millions of us fortunate to share our lives with a gray-muzzled canine pal. Now, it may surprise you to learn that there are more than 40 million senior dogs in the United States. So uh, maybe it's time for them to get together and, I don't know, form a new group called ARF. Okay, that's my bad pun. A-A-R-P, move over. But good news, guys. We are fortunate today to have a very distinguished veterinarian and lifelong pet champion on our show. He wears many collars in the pet world, including being a veterinary advisor to Myos Pets. That's M-Y-O-S. Please give pause and applause to Dr. Albert Ahn. Hey, welcome to the show, Dr. Ahn. Thank you so much, Arden. It's great to be here. All right. Now, listeners, right now in my recording studio, my senior dog, Bujo, is here. I call her my big black mountain. And I want you guys to call over your doggy pals because Dr. On is going to unleash a game plan for you, for all your tail wagging golden oldies. But we got to pay for the show first. So let's take this commercial break. You guys know the drill. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. For furry ones, actually, sit and stay. Oh, behave. We'll be right back. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Welcome to Fall and Winter. Now, this is a great time to take your dog on a hike in the woods, maybe go on a camping trip or a road trip. But just like us, changes in weather can actually impact the skin and ears of our dogs and cats. So if you got a pet who's scratching his ears, chewing on his coat or rolling in mud, help is here. Zymox. For inflamed and itchy paws and coats, you can use the Zymox topical spray. For itchy and irritated ear issues, you can use Zymox Enzymatic Ear Solution. And for baths, you can treat your dog or cat to Zymox shampoo and conditioners. Now, Zymox has been your pet's safe and trusted health ally for 20 plus years. So you can pick up Zymox at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty stores, and online. To learn more, just visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X. Do it for your pet. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. 
Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, at the top of the show, I mentioned that there are about 40 million senior dogs living it up in American homes. Now, to put that into perspective, that number equals about the population of the largest populated state, California. We're talking humans. Or if you put together the people population of Texas and Florida, it would be equal almost to about 40 million dogs. I mean, talk about bow wow. There's a lot of senior dogs out there. So part of it is because we've made advances in medicine and some of the enrichments in our home. So what are some things that we can do to help the quality and the longevity of our gray muzzled dogs? We're in luck. I mean, really, because our special guest today is Dr. Albert Ahn. He's dedicated his entire life to helping keep pets healthy. You may have seen him maybe on Good Morning America, on Fox News, Chewy Pet Central. He's been on a lot of TV shows, and I am really happy he's on our show. And I'm going to tell you guys right up front, if we listed his entire resume, we would not even get to our first question. But basically, you've done a lot, and we're going to highlight some of it on our show today. But uh, it's safe to say, Dr. On, you're one of dog's best friends. So what do you think? You're, you finally made it. You're on Old Behave. It's a great day. It's a great day to be here, Arden. And I am so glad that you uh, pointed out that we have 40 million older dogs in the U.S. And there's so much that we can be doing for them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Perfect. What can we do to help our older I love this. Companion. I mean, I think in the background, uh, my dog Bujo is taking notes. So we're going to make sure of that. But this is a basic one, but I really am always curious when I have a guest on my show. So what motivated you to become, say, a veterinarian and not a plumber? In ninth grade, I was Ooh. reading a book. The book happened to be authored All Creatures Great and Small by James Harriet the okay. famous uh, Scottish veterinarian. And that launched me into really? my journey into veterinary medicine. I, In fact, I paid homage to him while he was still alive, while he was living in England to thank him That's for inspiring nice. me to become a veterinarian. Where did you grow up? Where was this book in your hands? Where were you reading it? This was in uh, Westchester County, New York. So just about an hour north of mm-hmm. New York City. And uh, a friend of mine gave me this book to read. And I thought, okay, that's fine. I had some time. I read through it. And then I couldn't put it down. And I wound up reading the rest of the series uh, (laughs) James Harriet had written. And then the rest, as they say, is history. So name a couple of childhood uh, dogs or cats that said, you need to follow this path for us and others. Well, I would say that my first cat that I had, George, (laughs) <laughs> uh, was probably very influential because I made all sorts of mistakes as a first-time feline owner, Uh-oh. including allowing him to get really, really fat. So you could say that my veterinary education began well <laughs> before veterinary school. So you went to Tufts, correct? Yes, ma'am. Right. Years ago, I was uh, the editor of your catnip magazine for eight years. So I was very lucky to hit the Brain Trust at Tufts, one of the best veterinary schools in the country. That's a good start. So here's the deal. There's so much we can talk about our good old dog, but I want to get right into it. So my dog Kona is six and I looked at a photo of her two years ago and then now, and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, she's starting to get a little bleached out on her blonde color on her face. She's a terrier mix. I'm like, when did that happen? I've been with her every day. So what are some of the signs that say, hey, your dog is starting to get a lot of birthdays? There are a number of signs that I always tell pet parents to look out for. One of them is having difficulty or slowing down with walking. Maybe oh. the walks are getting a little shorter, or perhaps they're having some difficulty going up and down stairs. Or okay. a very common one that we hear in veterinary medicine is that uh, Gizmo isn't jumping up onto the bed yeah. with the same alacrity, or now Gizmo is asking to be picked up onto the bed. Other signs could be increased thirst, in oh, okay. urination. Mood is that something change. affecting the kidneys or what's going on when the dog seems to park it at the water bowl? Sure. So if they're parked at the water bowl and they're drinking a lot of water and they're urinating a lot, that could be because of a kidney disease that uh, the dog is suffering from. And that's where a veterinarian can come in and actually help with uh, diagnosing and, and setting up a treatment plan. And when it comes to our dogs and their aging, I have a 90-pound dog, a 35-pound dog, and a 9-pound dog. And I know that the little one, Emma, my Gemma, is like, ha ha, I'm going to be a senior later than my big sister, Boo, who's nine. So talk mm -hmm. about the size of the dog and why that does matter in how they become, quote, seniors. You bring up a really good point, Arden. The smaller dogs tend to age more slowly if you will, and the really large dogs age much faster. So for example, if you have a Scottish elk hound, that's oh, yeah. a breed, they may live to be seven years of age. Wow. Then that's on sad. the other hand, yeah. On the other hand, I have some toy poodles and every time I see them, I'm amazed. They're 19 and 21 years old respectively, and they're spry and agile and full of life and energy. So you're absolutely right that the size of the dog can influence when they're going to enter their golden years. And you're right, big breed or large breed dogs, they tend to age more quickly than the very small breed dogs. I think there should be a union call on this. The big dogs should get together and say, hey, you little whippersnappers, can we do something? Is there something inside you that you can give us and make us live to be like 16, 17, 18? I know it's sad. It's a reality check, but we can make every day for any size dog a good day, right? Definitely. And, you know, Arden, you bring up a really good point. Even for our larger dogs, they're living much longer today than Good. when I graduated from veterinary school. And that's a function of better veterinary care, better nutrition, and frankly speaking, newer technologies that are out there to help our pets live longer and healthier lives. So let's highlight a couple of things from each of these categories. Let's talk about medicine. And again, as I said before, I would spend the whole show sharing your resume, but it suffice to say, guys, he's been involved with Summit Vet Farm, Hills Pet Nutrition. You were AB Science. I mean, he's been, I met him actually at a veterinary conference a few years back. So you have a brain like a scientist and a love for the tail waggers. So that's a good combo, right? So let's talk about some advances maybe that may surprise our listeners just in recent years that will help provide a quality of life for our senior dogs. Definitely. One of my favorites, Arden, is this whole issue around arthritis 
okay. for degenerative joint disease. We know that so many of these 40 million dogs that you've mentioned, so many of them already have arthritis or have the beginnings of yeah. degenerative joint disease. And it used to be that there was really not a whole lot that we could do for them. Today, we've learned so much more. We have these regimens or we have these programs to help them. And one of the big things we talk about besides pain management is talking about keeping them moving. If we can keep our older dogs moving and exercising and maintaining strong muscles, that will actually help support those arthritic joints and help them with their quality of life. So we talk a lot about nutrition. Okay, we talk let's a go lot there. About, okay, yeah. let's give us, nutrition. because I know there's things like Cosequin and other supplements that are out there that are helping some joints, but people, you know, they get a little bit of canine confusion when they look at a, the back end of a dog food ingredient list or treats. So what are some joint friendly either foods or supplements? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Let's talk about that. So in terms of the joint itself, the nutrients or the ingredients that I look for include chondroitin. Everyone's heard of chondroitin. Yeah. Everyone has heard of glucosamine. Fewer people have heard about using fish oil, for example. Okay. All right. Fish oil is very rich in omega-3 fatty acids, and mm -hmm. they have actually been shown to help arthritic joints that have damage. In addition to that, there's something called MSM, which is right. another antioxidant. So these are four things that increasingly are making their way into both supplements and even some pet foods that will help joints. I'm impressed but the fact that you know how to spell because if you are really a good veterinarian, you would win any spelling bee and you... <laughs> kindly said MSM. Thank you so much. I could test your knowledge on spelling the big word, but I like what you're doing. You're breaking it down. You got fish oil, you've got chondritin, glucosamine, MSM. I mean, these are things that are you guys are learning now that are proving effective, whether you have two, three, or four legs, right? Absolutely. Definitely. And, you know, Arden, the other part, which is really exciting is that the focus on degenerative joint disease has now expanded to the soft tissue, the soft oh. tissue structures that actually support these joints. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense because in order for those joints to flex mm -hmm. or move, you have to have these things called muscles. I used to have them. I, I'm looking for them. Where are they? I must have put them in my other pocket. <laughs> Me too. I used to have muscles before as well. But this is why we tell people that exercise is so very important for their dogs because strong muscles will mm -hmm. help to support these creaky, achy joints. And so while so much focus and attention recently has been with things like chondroitin and glucosamine and MSM, right. far less attention has actually been paid to strong muscles. And we see a lot of these 40 million dogs that have had what's called muscle wasting or loss of muscle because right. of inactivity or because of concurrent disease. And so one of my favorite supplements which is relatively new, is called fortitropin. Oh and my goodness, say that again. <laughs> fortitropin. Okay. And fortitropin, which is derived from fertilized chicken egg yolk, has actually been shown in the same way that chondroitin has been shown. Wow. So fortitropin has been shown in clinical studies to actually 
help maintain strong muscles in these older dogs. So and having a backyard uh, chicken coop, which is something a lot of people are doing during COVID, there's another another check mark in uh, the plus side for chickens, right? Exactly. But the nice thing about fortitropin is it's all been collected for you. You just put it right <laughs> on the food and you're getting the benefit. And this has been really helpful with these dogs that have various joint issues or even these post-operative patients where the dog is immobilized following, let's say, cranial cruciate ligament surgery. You can imagine when they remove the cast, there's been so much muscle oh, wasting yeah. atrophy. that exactly atrophy. And so by using fortitropin, you can actually rebuild those muscles and regain full function of that wow. leg. So by applying the science that goes into that supplement to these older dogs whose joints are a little bit gimpy, a little bit creaky, mm -hmm. we can actually help them keep moving. And we have shown, we have seen time and time again that dogs that move, dogs that exercise, they have better quality of life. They have better body condition scores and overall the relationship between the pet and their family is better because they're happier and they're healthier. Well, when we talk about moving and exercising, obviously you're not having them do sprints and climbing up and down stairs. So what's some of your safe senior movements, including maybe water? Absolutely. So one of the big things that I recommend is just walking around the neighborhood on flat surfaces like okay. the sidewalk, for example. I'm so glad I don't live in San Francisco. <laughs> well, that would be uh, quite a bit of up and down there, yeah. especially if you yeah. went up and down Telegraph Hill, oh, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. The flat surfaces are really good because it minimizes the stresses that are being put on these joints and it allows the dog to get some exercise. And this is probably not the most politically correct thing to say, but I've often found that some of our patients that need to go on walks, sometimes the two-legged family members <laughs> might benefit as well. Oh, you're that, so genteel. You're so genteel. <laughs> that could get me into a little bit of trouble, but I, uh, no, I that's sometimes okay. find Everybody's got to move. You got to move that mutt. You got to move your butt. <laughs> Absolutely. Definitely. So I can just um, see you wearing a t-shirt now that says move your mutt and your butt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Maybe I'll try that walking down Seal Beach one of these days. Oh, one of your old haunts. That was one of my favorite places. Hey, everybody, we're speaking with Dr. Albert Ahn. He loves dogs. He wants to keep our dogs as healthy and happy for as long as possible. And he's here to give us some more senior tips. But we got to take a quick commercial break. So we'll be back with the good doctor right after this message. Sit and stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, everybody. Arden Moore here. Now, for generations, you have to agree, James Harriet's memoirs, All Creatures Great and Small, plus his other book, All Things Bright and Beautiful, have enchanted animal lovers like us for many, many years. Great news, Nicholas Ralph, the star of the upcoming PBS Masterpiece series, is bringing to life the unforgettable world of James Harriet and his menagerie of heartwarming, funny, and tragic animal patients. Full of charm and wit, these brand new audiobooks are the perfect way to delve into the magical stories of the world's most beloved veterinarian. The All Creatures Great and Small 
Plus, the All Things Bright and Beautiful audiobooks are available now wherever audiobooks are sold. Take a listen. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this is Betty White, and I'm inviting you to tune in to the O Behave Show with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm becoming a big Dr. Albert on fan. Why? Because he knows dogs, he knows science, and he knows nutrition. I mean, that's a triple threat. So one thing I want to get to you with on, on the senior pets and all is we've talked about some nutrition and some exercise. What about uh, pain management? Because whether you have two, three, or four legs, if you get something like a bulging disc or a sprain or something and you're older, it can be very painful. And uh, so what's, what's some new things happening for dogs with pain management? There are a whole arsenal of medications that have been introduced into veterinary medicine that can be very, very helpful with pain. We certainly go back to some of the older technologies, such as the different classes of steroids that can Mm -hmm. be used, which are anti-inflammatory, then move into a class of the uh, non-steroidals. There are actually several non-steroidal agents that can be used as well. Again, this is something that pet owners should work closely with their veterinarians with because any of these medications has the potential to cause side effects if they're not dosed properly, and if we're not also monitoring uh, these patients. So when you get beyond those groups of medications, you also have some very specific pain management medications. One that comes to mind is gabapentin, for example. These can be very, very effective in taking the edge off of pain for our patients or Mm -hmm. our four-legged friends. And if you can manage that, you can often allow them to get back to exercising, get back to, as you said, moving yeah, and uh, building up those muscles. Well, think about this. Muscles. If you're in pain, mm-hmm. you're not going to win uh, Mr. Congeniality. And if you have teeth, <laughs> a dog could get a little snappy maybe if they're in pain, right? I've had a couple dogs expressed to me with their teeth. That, uh, <laughs> I love how, how politely you say this. Expressed the, to me with their teeth. <laughs> yeah, they, they used their teeth to convey the level of pain that right. they were in. And so we have seen, we have seen countless cases where if you can manage the pain judiciously, you right. can actually help these guys get back on their feet, get back to exercising, get that tail wagging again. And Arden, there's nothing better than getting that call or getting the look of gratitude from the pet owner when they say, wow, (laughs) what a transformation. You gave me my dog back. Well, I had a dog recently who passed away. Her name was Cleo and she was like the little dog. She was 12 pounds. She was a terrier mix and she was one of the original members of the SoCal Surf Dogs. This is before I moved to Dallas. 
And I was so happy working with my vet. We were able to extend her quality of life with supplements and diet and exercise. And she loved water, so it was great. And when she passed an homage to her, her surfboard is now mounted on my porch above the door. So when I come to work every day in Ardsden, to Miss Cleo. There you go. And I'm so glad, Arden, that you mentioned water because mm -hmm. I think it would be a mistake if I didn't touch on the fact that hydrotherapy yep. is becoming very much a mainstream form of exercise. And I understand that some of our listeners may be raising their eyebrows with a degree of skepticism, if you will. But hydrotherapy for dogs is a very powerful tool. It can be very beneficial because one of the great things about water is it provides buoyancy. So go. it helps to support our dog and allows them to have an exercise program, which helps to, again, build back that muscle and hopefully allow them to regain some of their mobility and agility. That sounds good. Hey, I know we're talking a lot about seeing your pets, but you're multi-dog mentional. I just created a word, multi-dog mentional. How's that? There you go. Tell us what you and your family do to help people that are visually impaired. So I have to say that our kids, we have a daughter and we have a son, Alyssa and Andrew came to me one day many years ago, and they said that, Dad, we want to raise puppies really for the seeing eye. And because I now live in New Jersey, mm -hmm. we are very, very close geographically to the seeing eye, which is located in Morristown, New Jersey. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. I there used to go. work at uh, Rodale Press. So I was in Emmaus, Pennsylvania, right there across you go. the border. Yep. Just over the border there. Mm -hmm. So I thought, all right, well, this would be fine. My wife was at the time pathologically fearful of dogs. <laughs> the wife yeah. of a veterinarian? Oh, exactly. My and everybody always said, well, why would she marry you if uh, you're a veterinarian? And well, it was poor judgment on her part. But <laughs> no, no, no. Be that as it may. We agreed to it. We got this wonderful little fur ball of a golden retriever puppy. And uh, that began the first of four seeing eye puppies nice. that we raised for the seeing eye. And uh, like yourself, I have experienced the circle of life and we yeah. recently lost Fenton, but we want to now adopt uh, or we want to raise another puppy. So we will be hopefully getting another puppy to raise for this so. wonderful organization called the Seeing Eye. Well, thank you for doing that. And also, I love when people have different occupations not related to what they do professionally. You are a scoutmaster. You've been so since 2008. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Don't you wish you were a Girl Scout leader, though, because you could eat the cookies? Uh, if I were a Girl Scout leader, I probably wouldn't be able to fit through the door because uh, as <laughs> People who know me, they will tell you I'm a little bit of a cookie monster. Oh, so it's okay. probably pretty good that I'm in the Boy Scout side of things. So were you a Boy Scout or did you get into this later to help out kids? So I never made it to Boy Scout. I myself was a Cub Scout. And perhaps that's what inspired me to give my son an opportunity, Andrew, to yep. Boy Scouts. And uh, we're very proud that he, he became an Eagle Scout. Oh, that's uh, pretty this tough. Wonderful yeah. program. So what do you like about being a Scoutmaster? What's fun? The best part is educating these young boys on important life skills. 
And it's really great to show that there are leadership skills they can develop. There Mm -hmm. are planning skills because let's face it, teenage boys are not really the best planners. So the Boy Scouts actually gives them a foundation or a matrix upon which to start developing rudimentary planning skills. Good. So well, is there any badge? I don't know. I'm, I've never been a Boy Scout, never played mm-hmm. one on TV. So is there any badge or whatever that's related to pets that a Scout can earn? Absolutely. My favorite merit badge of all is the okay. Veterinary Medicine Badge. It's a oh, merit okay. badge. Oh, okay. Oh, so cool. Veterinary Medicine has its own merit badge. Very nice. Very nice. I'm glad to hear that. Hey, we're getting ready to wrap up. So is there a couple of things you want to shout out to all our listeners? And by the way, we have, I think, over 500,000 listeners. And my producer, Mark Winter, pointed out that we rank number two among shows podcast in for kids and families in the country of Barbados. I'm taking it. So I'm shouting out right now. Hey, all you cool people in Barbados. I hope we one day can do a show live from that beautiful Caribbean island, which is one of the few that does not get hit by hurricanes very often. And uh, so what's your thoughts you want to say to our listeners that are literally global? Thank you, Arden. I think the biggest message I would share with all of our dog listeners is as your dog is getting older, go see your veterinarian regularly because if your veterinarian is able to pick up a little problem early, it's so much easier to address whatever that problem might be, and it could wind up adding years to your dog's life. So see your veterinarian regularly, Mm -hmm. exercise with your dog regularly. And I always tell people, look for signs that maybe your dog is starting to develop some problems. And I have a a list of eight things that I just wanted to share with your listeners. So if your dog is becoming weak, If your dog is starting to show signs of mental changes, or you think that your dog's becoming a little senile, if you notice, as we talked about joint disease or limping or creakiness in their limbs, if you're noticing increased thirst and increased urination, this could be signs of diabetes. Okay. If they're having problems digesting their food, if they're having some vomiting, if they're having some diarrhea, if their ears are starting to turn a little bit jaundiced or yellow, that could be a sign of some liver disease. Oh, wow. Okay. If they're getting fatigued more easily, are we dealing with heart disease? Dogs, just like people, can get heart disease. But the great news is we can actually help these patients once we know what the issue is with the heart. There are lots of medications that we can use to help them. And then finally, if your dog starts developing lumps or bumps or masses, have your veterinarian check it out. I'm happy to say that a lot of times these lumps and bumps are benign things that we call fatty tumors or lipomas. Sometimes they can be very serious tumors. If we can get them cut out and treated quickly and or early, the prognosis could be much, much better for our pets. Well, you gave us ageless advice for our senior dogs. And my dog, Bujo, is smiling in the back here going, Yay, power to the paw and Dr. On. Yoo-hoo! I hope I have her for many, many years. And I do take your advice very much because I want our dogs to live as long as they can in a healthy, healthy way. We want Betty White's that bark, right? 
She is ageless. Yeah, she is. Hey, I've really, really enjoyed having you on our show today, Dr. On, and I hope you can share this broadcast with your on followers. You can check that out. And I also want to thank my producer, Mark Winner, the Wizard of Paws. He produces this and all the shows on Pet Life Radio. Check us out, guys. We are the longest running pet podcast network in the world. And that's thanks to to Mark Winter, who's being quiet right now, smiling maybe a little bit. Yeah, good job, man. Good. And uh, again, Dr. On, how do people find out more about you? Where's a couple of sites we can take them to? So one of the websites that folks can go to is the Myos website, which is Myos. That's M-Y-O-S-R-E-N-S. So it's Myos Rens, period, C-O-M. So MyosRens.com. Or if they want, they can email me if they have any questions. My email is very simple. It's Dr. Albert on that's Dr. Albert on at gmail.com. All right. We got that. All right, guys. Also, check out me, what I'm up to. We just are going about to unleash my new updated website. It's called ardenmore.com. And check me out on uh, Wednesdays. I do the hosting of Meowie Hour with the kitty cocktail I create for the Cat Fancier Association. And finally, my passion is keeping our pets safe. So check out Pet First Aid for You and my cat and my dog, Casey and Kona are teaching people all over the world via Zoom our veterinarian-approved courses. So check it out. We have fun, too. So maybe you'll take one of my classes someday, Dr. On, because I have some fun things to keep people how to remember how to do CPR. I would enjoy that immensely. (laughs) All right. So until next time, guys, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! coast to coast and around the world it's all behave with arden moore find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in rin tin tinseltown from famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars you'll get great tail wagging pet tips and have a fur flying fun time all behave with america's pet edutainer arden moore every week on demand only on petliferadio.com